Welcome back to Between the Lines. Pastor Peter here. This is part two of a follow-up series of episodes pertaining to the sermon that I preached on Mother's Day Sunday. Uh, The title of the sermon was Debunking the Myth of Little Miss Perfect, and it had to do with Proverbs 31, specifically verses 10 to the end of the chapter, which describe what is commonly referred to as the Proverbs 31 woman. In the last episode, I explained to you why I don't believe that that woman exists, that I don't believe that King Lemuel's mother was describing an actual woman, but rather it was a woman's description of a woman's various roles. And today, the only point that I want to make is that I think the various roles that she describes um, is not necessarily those of a young woman, but probably those of an older, more prosperous woman, perhaps looking back on her life. I think there's many things from the text that uh, indicate this. First of all, in verse 15, we're told that she uh, has maidens or servants. Uh, We're told in verse 16 that uh, she buys land. These are not things that are typically uh, part of a young woman's life, particularly back uh, in the days in which Proverbs 31 was first written or first uh, said when King Lemuel's mom was speaking these things. Uh, Her household contains scarlet, Proverbs 31, verses 21 and 22. Scarlet, fine linen, and purple. This would be indicative of having uh, quite a bit of coin in order to do that. Verse 23 says that her husband sits among the elders, uh, so that would not be, uh, unless he's much older than her, uh, that wouldn't be something that would happen earlier in marriage, but probably later in their lifetime. Verse 28, this stood out to me. Her children are old enough to rise up and call her blessed. Now, uh, I'm a parent, and I have children ages uh, 14 and a half all the way down to four, and I can tell you that them rising up and calling us, or calling specifically Sarah, blessed are pretty sparse. I'm not saying it's never happened, um, but that's typically something that happens uh, as children get older, um, perhaps in their teenage years or maybe even in their uh, early adult years when they look back on what their mom has done for them and they say, this is a blessed, blessed woman. We have been blessed because of the choices she's made and the way that she's cared for us. Uh, But suffice it to say, I think that's also a reason to realize that this is not necessarily describing a young woman if her children are doing these things and if we look at the other things that I mentioned. So I just think there's ample reason in the text itself to understand this portion of Scripture as a summary, if you will, of a fruitful life, one that's been lived over many years, and then highlighting specific things done at specific, or excuse me, highlighting specific things that were done at various times, various seasons, not necessarily simultaneously at all times. So why do I mention this? Well, I think it's important because there's this there's this constant call um, from, yes, from the world, but also from w- within even conservative Christian circles for women to be all the things all the time. And I think a misunderstanding of Proverbs 31 might play into that. I don't think this is a list of what one woman was doing. Remember, I don't think it's a real woman, but I don't think this is a list of what any woman is called to do at all times throughout her entire life. I think it's best understood with a lifetime of fruitfulness in mind, not necessarily doing all the things all the time. And that flies in the face of some of the things that you read uh, nowadays, even in conservative Christian circles, that call women to do all the things, right? Be the phenomenal mom. Be the the awesome wife. Be the uh, great homemaker. Be the business owner. Be the person who reaches out to the poor. And I think all of those are wonderful things. They're certainly godly things. They're mentioned in in the Bible, uh, particularly in this portion of Scripture. I'm not against any of those things. 
I'm just saying it's really hard to do all of those things simultaneously. And many times, thanks to social media, because people get to post what they want to post, it appears as if there are some women, some people who actually do all of these things at all times. But I have found that when you dig a little deeper, you may not find some huge scandal or some 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 huge double life, but you find uh, uh, perhaps an element that wasn't posted in that post on Instagram. Perhaps this person has her kids at home for school, but she herself is not doing the schooling. Maybe she hires someone. She has tutors that come in. Maybe her husband works from home and bears a lot of that load. There's lots of little hidden nuances or little facts that you may or may not be aware of. And that's why the old adage is proven to be true, that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So I just wanted to encourage the ladies, specifically the ladies in uh, my church, in my congregation, um, to not look at this as a list uh, of things that must be done at all times. And if there's something within those uh, several verses towards the end of Proverbs 31 that you say, I don't really see that in my life right now. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing or indicative of a shortcoming on your part. It may just not be the season of life you're in right now to do those things. You might be called right now to do whatever you're doing and to do it to the glory of God and that precludes you from doing some other things. Perhaps you're in the throes of raising a child or raising children, and it's just not the most awesome time for you to start a small business. Perhaps you are uh, also, perhaps you do have a small business and you're not able right now to reach out your hands uh, to the poor and the needy as much as you once were or as much as you once will be. I don't know what the situation is. I'm just encouraging you to not assume that because you can't do all the things all the time that you're not pleasing the Lord with your life. So once again, it's just a call for you to not look at your value uh, in uh, as defined by the role that you're filling, to not look at whether or not you are being uh, whether or not you're a biblical, God-honoring woman because of your role, but it's the character that you bring to whatever role the Lord has you in right now that makes you a godly woman. Once again, we are not what we do. We are who we are by the grace of God, and it's his sovereign saving grace at work in our lives that gives us the value that we have as we are adopted children of the King. So I hope that this is a helpful identity check for you, that you wouldn't fall victim to the identity theft that is constantly tempting us all to uh, put our identity in things outside of Christ, in our functions, in our roles, and in our performance. If we have our identity firmly rooted in who we are in Christ, that will ultimately affect, hopefully, uh, the character by which we function in the roles that God has called us to at this portion of our lives. Hope that encourages you and hope that Christ is truly your all in all uh, and that that was a blessing to you as you reflect upon the gospel's work both to save you and to sanctify you throughout all your days. Mm-hmm.